welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Jennifer Bukowski is going to come up uh, with us about a half an hour from now. We'll talk about Harmeet Dillon, among others. Uh, she uh, wants to take over the Republican National Committee. Well, <laughs> somebody should lead them. I'll say that. Um, let me uh, let me see here. I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to just drop this Columbia-centric bomb uh, on Columbia residents, and then I'm going to move on and take your phone calls on climate change. But here it is. Apparently. You can now do what everybody else in the rest of the country does with your trash. You can go to your local store and buy any old trash bag you choose. Holy moly. Next thing you know it, they're going to have indoor plumbing. A day that will live in in infamy. infamy. Yes. (laughs) All right, that's enough trash talk. Let's go to the phones. Tina is on the line. Tina, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Um, Back in the 70s, like you said, things were going to freeze to death. And then what in the, that's in the 70s and 80s. And then in the 90s, everything was going to burn up. Well, you remember now it's changed to climate change because neither one of those have happened. And the bottom line is Adam and Eve screwed up in the garden and things have been, the climate has been changing ever since. Yeah. Climate change is the, it's the perfect out, Tina. If it's warming, it's climate change. If it's cooling, it's climate change. If it's snowing, it's climate change. If it's raining, it's climate, you get the idea. How dare you? Yeah. Back in, uh, back in November, we had both. We had both high and low in the temperature. Oh, it's, that was climate change. No, it was. Man, yeah. we're in trouble. Yeah, we're in Good we're day. in trouble. Tina, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, so these leftists, like this uh, newly elected congresswoman, g- complaining that her kids came home uh, with you know having nightmares, terrified. Well, that's because you people keep pushing this lie that the world is coming to an end. Because we're using oil and gasoline. And then, and then you come up with this false replacement of the battery-powered car, which does more damage. Oh, it never ends. It just never ends. Uh, all right. Uh, we've got, um, apparently, uh, there is a, a new program coming out on Netflix about Harry and Meghan Markle. Uh, see that? I, I said Harry and Meghan Markle as though Harry... <laughs> Good Lord. she, The two of them have totally upset the apple cart in, uh, in, in Great Britain. It, it's amazing how much... Da- uh, but we'll talk about that with Jennifer Bukowski uh, because she's been watching it very carefully. Kansas Law School's silent after Diversity Committee demonizes Christian law firm. Uh, A justice on the Kansas Supreme Court resigned from his teaching position at the University of Kansas School of Law after an administrator tried to convince students to cancel an event featuring a senior lawyer with the Alliance Defending Freedom and a school diversity committee condemned that Christian legal organization 
as a purveyor of hate speech. Representatives of the University of Kansas Law School did not respond to multiple requests for comment about whether the school endorses the accusation, which appears to trace back to the discredited Southern Poverty Law Center. So, I look at stories like this all the time, and I wonder, why do you suppose so many people hate those who love God? Uh, I don't understand it. I've been uh, confused, up in the air, not sure one way or the other. I don't hate either side. Whether you believe in God or you don't, I don't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't rise to the emotion uh, that uh, some of these people apparently uh, get to. Why do you suppose there is so much hate out there for people who believe in God? I don't want to turn this into some, you know, biblical program or something, uh, because it clearly is not. But people who believe in God are frowned down upon. And if I'm, if I'm, you know, mischaracterizing this, uh, feel free to correct me, but it, it seems to come from the political left. I don't see a lot of Republicans or, you know, running around going, oh, those, those terrible Christians, those horrible religious people that believe in God. But I see it on the left. I see it at universities. They're, they seem to think that if you believe in God, you're just stupid. You're, you're a country bumpkin. What's the point of that? Why, why all that hate? Why are they so convinced that you're evil and, and stupid if you believe in God? What do they expect to accomplish? I don't know. I mean, there are increasing numbers of people who don't believe in God. Is that their goal? I don't know. You... You, you, you push that that narrative all the time, and they do on the left. What is their goal? Why the hate? Why not just accept that some people believe, some people don't believe, and let it go with that? Have conversations, uh, discuss things. That's fine. But there seems to be a genuine dislike for you if you believe in God. I don't know. I don't know what the point is. I really don't. Uh, let me go to the phones here on uh, climate change. Chuck, welcome. How are you? Pretty good. Gary, if you'll indulge me 30 seconds, I can uh, hopefully fix the idiocracy. Uh, there, if, if the climate never changed and always stayed the same, we would never have rain to water plants. We would never have, we wouldn't have vegetation. We, I mean, literally the climate has to change. How simple can it be? I, I, to me, they're the ones that are denying science and they're the deniers. It's, it's not people who, who uh, deny climate change or, and climate change aren't really denying climate change. They're just saying the thought process of the argument of climate change is sheer ignorance and stupidity. I just, it just baffles my mind. 
Yeah, Brian and I were talking about this before the show, and we have decided, uh, because we can't get an answer from the left about when the temperature was right, we think it was the last ice age. <laughs> and we would like to see the Great Lakes frozen over and glaciers uh, from the top of the uh, 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 of the globe uh, to about uh, South Carolina. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> All right, Chris, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. They never know what, you know, you ask them, what year was it right? What, what was, or what, what is was, the correct temperature? Yeah. Uh, how, and, how warm is it? Yeah, wh where was it the, the right temperature? What was that? And uh, you and I have just picked, uh, you know, uh, the last ice age, uh, and we think that's what we should be shooting for. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that, that'll eliminate any global warming. Van, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well, thank I was you. just talking about the uh, demonizing of the Christians, is what I was getting ready to say. Was, okay. Uh, I believe... Uh, you know, it's the same thing about divide and conquer. You know, they just got, they can't, they, they're so afraid that that the left and the right, if they both believe in God, that they might actually sit down and talk about what's going on in this world. So they've got to make sure the left thinks the uh, right is dumber so they can't talk. So uh, it's just it's just separating them. It's just about what it amounts to. Just separating them. All right. Van, thank yeah, you very yeah. much. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, here's a friend of mine, Tom Luther. Hey, Tom, welcome. How are you, Reverend? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Gary. And uh, I uh, heard what you said and about why people demonize Christians. And the real reason is is because God has a standard for us to live by. And the people who don't want to live by those standards don't want to have any memory, any thought, because then they feel inferior. And when people feel inferior, they don't feel good about themselves. And so those who are God-fearing people make people who are non-God-fearing people feel bad about themselves because we're living a standard that they know they should be living, but they don't want to live. So they want this out of their memory, out of their society, off of social media, off of everything, they, out of public schools. And because when we start living according to God's standards, then things go better. You know, God is smarter than the rest of us. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be the omnipotent, omniscient. Uh, so, uh, you know, that shouldn't be a surprise. Tom, well, his, ways are, his ways are better than our ways. And if we live according to his ways, then things will be so much better for us. Tom, how long have you been uh, uh, preaching? How long have you been a... Since 1983, I went into the ministry. And what about the numbers of people that come in uh, to your house? Are the numbers dwindling? Are they getting stronger? Do they remain the same? Well, fortunately for us, we're seeing increase. And we're seeing growth. And uh, we saw some of that during the COVID because we opened up and and uh, we got a glowing report from ABC, you know, letting everybody know that we were the only church open during COVID. And so uh, the people who were not going to church came and visited us, and they decided to stay. So we're seeing growth. We're seeing increase uh, in, in our congregation. All right. But, but uh, you know, uh, statistically, the church is dwindling. And uh, that's, that's statistically going on. Wonder if that's the. I guess that's their goal, isn't it? 
Oh, sure. They want to get rid of, you know, like I said, any standards, any memory of God, any thought of God, because again, what they want to do, and it all, it all starts with the very beginning. This is what Adam and Eve did. They want to set their own standards. They don't want to live by God's standards. And so as long as we can set our own standards, we'll always decline. Because what we'll do is we'll set standards, and if not everybody can meet those standards, then we'll lower the standards for the next generation to meet those standards. And if nobody can meet those standards, then we'll lower them again, and we'll lower them again until we actually destroy ourselves. Well, I don't know if that is true or not, but it certainly seems like it. Seems like that's the direction we're going. Tom Luther, yeah, thank you for being with us. All right. Thanks for having me, Gary. All right. Take care. Up against the clock, quick break. Jennifer Bukowski, future of the Republican Party. We'll talk about it on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1023. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, Anson sent me a message. He said, I'm a libertarian atheist. I've been to large atheist gatherings in the past and discovered that there is much dogmatic judgment against theists. Think of atheism like you do Christianity. You may consider yourself a Christian, but not endorse the most radical interpretations of your religion by some sects. Don't judge us all by the zealots. Some atheists love religious liberty. Yeah, Anson, I know that. I, I know lots of atheists. They're wonderful people. They treat everybody nicely. Uh, uh, and I, I don't... I think this is more coming from the political uh, and, and uh, educational system, particularly higher education at a college, uh, college level. That's where they're preaching, uh, I would argue, hate for... Uh, for religion, uh, and and certainly at, at the you know at the at the political level, what was it by or that uh, uh, the Obamians said uh, hating those people with their Bible and guns or whatever that famous old quote um, uh, clinging to I believe was. yes clinging to yes how dare you cling to your Bibles and guns oh my uh, let's see the Georgia race. It's. It, I don't think Warnock uh, is going to lose this, but I've I've decided after this last midterm election that I'm not going to make any more predictions uh, because there's so much uh, you know bad information out there. It's just it's just hard to know. But I seriously don't. I don't. I don't have a good feeling about it. I'll say that. Um, there's. Just so much energy on the left. Coming up in just a few minutes, about five or six minutes from now, uh, we've got Jennifer Bukowski. Uh, she is a brilliant criminal defense attorney, and uh, she's a political activist. She wants to talk about Harmeet Dillon running for the RNC chair. That could change the entire direction of the Republican National Committee uh, and, and perhaps save you guys from yourselves. She also wants to talk about Elon uh, Musk uh, drawing the fire and the ire in the media. Mysteriously, he was just fine when he was just building battery-powered cars. But now that he's taken on Twitter, well, he's the great evil, and they're inspecting every orifice they can. 
And then uh, she's got a couple more things. Uh, a piece from the New York Times. Everything Democrats could do if Warnock wins. And that's going to be impressive. If, if the Democrats don't have that 50-50 split, they have an edge on every, every panel, uh, every seat. They've, they've got the edge. Um, and there are things that they can do politically that they really can't do right now. Uh, especially with uh, a couple of the Democrats that are sort of holdouts from the far left. But if they get that edge, it gets much more much more difficult uh, to hold the line, uh, to keep the Democrats from just going overboard, which they always do. I've got a question for... How much time? i got only a couple of minutes, right, Brian? Yes. So, all right, so I, I will save this question for later. Uh, don't, don't call in on it now. But uh, I am curious to see what you would like to see the Republicans do in the House of Representatives. Are you more concerned with them holding the line on spending? Do you want them to do investigations into Biden and his son Hunter? Um, what you know? What do you want them to do? We'll kick that around in the next hour. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if you want to reach me, you can go to uh, GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. It will pop up in studio. Jennifer Bukowski is coming up. Let me get Lynn's comment in here. Hi, Gary. Progressives hate God because they want to be God. They want to control everything. Dennis Prager said people will have a God in their lives one way or another. Best to choose the heavenly God instead of the earthly one, as we can see where that's heading. Uh, believe in something or you believe in everything. Uh, faith in God is uh, threatening to the belief in the state. And they want your loyalty, faith, love, and undying belief. All things we give to God. All right. Now we're starting to sound like a religious program. Uh, we don't want to do that because we really aren't, and that'll be misleading for some people. Uh, Warnock or Walker? Uh, Georgia voters are deciding the final uh, Senate seat. I don't have a good feeling about this. You'll notice that they kept Donald Trump kind of an arm's length away. I think that was a good idea. I know a lot of you disagree with me and you want to rip me apart because I, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, uh, the things that he has done since he got out of the White House. But I think it was the smart move. I don't think it's enough. I, I don't think Walker is a... Uh, particularly good candidate. But I, I do believe things are going to go south for the Republicans in the Senate. And when that happens, uh, well, we'll go over some of the things that they will be able to do. Brian, before we go to break, question, quick question. Will Jennifer call seconds before, seconds after, or will she be early? I'm going to say today she's going to be early. I'm going out on a limb here, I know, but... I'm going to go with seconds before. Okay. Which means between the two of us, she'll be calling in late. <laughs> Could be, I, it, just, yes. it just is the way... I have a sneaking suspicion she listens. And then... Uh, no, I, I kind of feel like she's really excited about this Harmy Dillon thing, so... Yeah. We're going to find out Una Momento on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> we both lose. Welcome. <laughs> Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Jennifer Bukowski will be uh, with us uh, momentarily uh, before the break. Huh? We hope. Yeah. Uh, Brian and I were betting, uh, would she be here uh, seconds before, minutes before, or late? And uh, we we both <laughs> chose a before option. And, um, well, well we, we, both, <laughs> we both lost. Uh, let's, um, well, oh, there, there, there she is. She has thwarted us both. But she is with us now. Jennifer, welcome. How are you? Excellent, Gary. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Brian and I were betting on whether you'd be here seconds before, minutes before, or late. And uh, uh, I chose seconds before. He chose minutes before. And <laughs> you were late. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, which way to bet next week, then? Yes, I, I think so. Apologies. All right, listen, you got a lot uh, on the table that you want to talk about. And let's start off with the future of the Republican Party. Uh, Harmeet Dillon is uh, running for chair. And what's your what's your take on this? Uh, would she be better? Absolutely. I mean, we've been losing for three consecutive election cycles. Uh, we have, as our chairwoman... The niece of Mitt Romney, who was a loser that wrote off 47% of the voters straight off the bat, if you recall, when he was our nominee. He, she's, her meet, I actually know as a personal friend, I got to meet her when she and her husband kindly offered me and Stephanie Bell from the morning show a ride at the Federalist Society Gala, to the Federalist Society Gala in D.C., before she was famous, like seven years ago, and uh, we've interacted quite a bit ever since. And she is brilliant. She's um, courageous, fearless, and she gets that we need to get every ballot to the ballot box. If we have early voting, we need to get our folks to vote early. If we have mail-in voting, we need to get our folks to mail their ballots in, too, or we're going to keep losing. And that is refreshing to hear. She was down in Arizona. She saw it like I did in 2020, like I saw it again in Nevada in 2022. And so I think she'd be fantastic. And I'm going to be lobbying our, uh, our RNC votes out of Missouri to consider supporting her. But apparently Ronna McDaniel had this misleading letter that she sent that got 107 uh members to commit and you need only 86 to win chair so i don't know how that's all going to shake out and something to keep an eye on for sure well what do you think she did wrong as chairman is it just you know is it uh that she's well we don't have a sale but I we need a saleable message we need more vision we need more energy we need better political people calling some shots you get to wield money as part of the rnc they didn't deploy the money very well i mean they were deploying money in alaska to defeat another republican i, I mean that was mitch mcconnell uh, he controls the pack but you get to deploy lawyers to the right states and the right amount of them and you get to do a lot of different things that i think she could uh 
she could do better than Rana did because Rana didn't get results. And Rana should resign, quite frankly. Well, how do you how do you ups- uh, unseat Rana when she's got that kind of support? Well, there's going to be a race, and if this was a misleading letter that got people to commit, then maybe they won't feel committed anymore. You just need to peel 22 of them off. Well, she, the the Republican Party is headed in the wrong direction. That's all I can tell you. Let me respond to Mike Rogers, who said, uh, you know, I'm not upset that you're a never-Trumper. Just what took you so long? Uh, Mike, um, I'm going to refrain from calling you any names. I'm just going to tell you that I was not a never-Trumper. Uh, I am now, but I was not originally a never-Trumper. I have repeatedly said that he did some good things. Uh, so quit trying to characterize and judge. Let me move on. Uh, Elon uh, Musk, you know, until he took over Twitter, uh, he was the darling on the left. Uh, and then he, he took over Twitter, and now they're, they're doing an inspection on every orifice on this guy's body. Uh, and they're coming up with all kinds of reasons to, uh, to attack him. Uh, now it's uh, animal tests. What's going on? Yeah, it's reminiscent of Trump, where they're just, like, coming up with every different which way that they can make his life more difficult, even though his companies are doing amazing things. One, trying to go to Mars. Neuralink is trying to cure paralyzed people with a medical implant. And apparently, this is a Reuters-exclusive story that broke yesterday. There's a federal probe because of animal deaths in the testing of animals with this medical device. And it's just spooky to me because it's at the DOJ's request that this USDA inspector general is doing an investigation into Neuralink. And you know what this inspector general generally investigates? Cockfighting, things like that. Never like testing of animals in medical research centers. And that is from an expert that is an anti-animal testing law professor out of Vermont said it's very unusual for this to be occurring. And she's criticized Neuralink, but she knows that this is a very unusual move that Reuters uh, actually did get that quote from her. So that is very suspicious to me that they're uh, doing this. And it comes less than a month after Senator Markey got in a Twitter spat with Musk and say, said, fix your companies or Congress will. A lot of them are subject to federal regulation. Like, we'll make your life hell if you don't kowtow to us, which is not very American. Like, companies shouldn't have to be quiet and meek or risk getting the ire of um, people in power and government. And I think that that's part of what's going on with these Twitter files. That's what you see. You see People, as, according to the Twitter files, it wasn't just the Democrats, but Republicans also had friends that worked at Twitter, but not nearly as many of them, where they are just trying to build these relationships and they're trying to please the people that might be in power in government in the presidency as much as they can and taking down accounts and tweets and everything at their request. They what should you- be, it's just wrong. You know, if... If I'm running for office and I reach out to Facebook or Twitter and I ask them to to not do some, not print something, not promote something, to quell something, that's one thing. But if I am the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the CIA, or 
the Justice Department in general, and I go to Twitter and I tell them to crush a story. Is there a problem there? Yeah, I mean, then that's governmental action, and that's a First Amendment violation if they're acting in direct response to that. And I think some of that has been uncovered, you know, with the Eric Schmidt lawsuit, the discovery um, from that shows that there could be a link to uh, government action. If the FBI or the Justice Department go to somebody like Twitter and ask them not to print something or to try and crush something, Twitter ultimately has the right to say no, right? They can go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah, in most cases. Yeah, as long as they're not part of some sort of hacking or whatever, yeah, they can. So that wouldn't really be a First Amendment violation, would it? Well, if it's government telling them to do it. Asking them to do it. Asking them to do it. Yeah, it's a fine line, Gary, because they have so much power over these companies to regulate them, to basically put them out of business. And that's what's going on. If you become the president, then you're the executive that's supposedly in charge of the FBI and the CIA and all those folks, right? So that's why they're kowtowing to them, because they want to have those good relationships. Well, I I would argue they're kowtowing to them mostly because they agree with the politics. Well, that too. And they, but yeah, so they want to help themselves in their own personal careers and have their own connections and they want to help their political team and it gets tribal. And you know, the the thing is that I think for forgetting is anybody who's ever dealt with like government people, you know, they're not doing uh, a lot of the most egregious stuff with their work email. That's going to be text to personal phones or messaging apps. That's going to be personal email. You're not going to send the most egregious stuff to the work email that it will be owned by the company and discoverable in litigation. Like, that's just obvious to me. So the fact that they're digging up as much as they have through the work emails, it's just really a trail of here are the posts to take down or whatever, but God knows what all conversations were done on personal devices that led to that. Um, all right. Well, we've got so much more ground to cover, and I've, I'm up against the clock. Got to take a break. New York Times says everything that Democrats could do if Warnock wins. And I don't feel good about that Georgia race. We'll find out what Jennifer thinks next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 1051. Jennifer Bukowski, our guest on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. And uh, the New York Times uh, opinion piece about the Democrats. One seat, you wouldn't think that that one seat advantage could give the Democrats so much power, but it really does, doesn't it? It makes a big difference, especially when you look at it 2024, which looks very favorable to Republicans. Um, and it, if if Herschel were able to pull off an upset here today and beat Warnock, then Republicans would have a much bigger advantage, a much bigger majority. Um And the New York Times is even suggesting that Warnock is a future Barack Obama presidential candidate. So it's important to keep him around for that reason as well. And the biggest thing they have that they're talking about in this piece is how important it is to get a bigger majority so they can get more progressive judges on the bench who can affect things for decades to come. 
And remember how they had the Briar retire? And I I called it. I was like, they're going to push him into retiring. And sure enough, they did to get Kentonji Brown-Jackson on the uh, United States Supreme Court. Now they're calling for Sotomayor to retire in the next two years. And she's 68, not like 86 like Briar was in this New York Times piece. Times piece. They're playing the long game. Yeah, they're upset because Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed at 48. Neil, Neil Gorsuch was 49. So they're saying that we have conservative justices who are going to be on there for decades. And so, I mean, Breyer, that's one thing. He was really getting up there in years. But Sotomayor is like spry for a United States Supreme Court judge at 68, isn't she? <laughs> they're apparently thinking she should maybe retire before Biden um in the next two years as well. For well, which also suggests they're not they're not uh, confident that they'll win the White House again. Yeah. By the way, I am convinced uh, that two people are going to run. Well, I guess four people really get down to it. Uh, but I am convinced that uh, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is going to run. He's still got his campaign people on his payroll. He's written a book, which is one of the things almost every presidential candidate does. And I believe Biden is going to run again. And I think that's why he's trying to jumble up the primaries for the Democrats. Uh, because he doesn't want to start in a couple of states where he might look bad by losing. Right. I agree. Yeah, he kept saying, he kept getting schlacked. And he kept saying, wait till South Carolina. And that's where everything got turned around for him. Yeah, and so now he wants to make South Carolina first. That, as I pointed out before, is going to be a bit of a problem with New Hampshire. But you know, this is all subject to the states going along with it, and and I don't see New Hampshire giving that up. Uh, I can't remember what it is, Fort Dix, New Hampshire, or something. Dix, New Hampshire, D I X, um, is where they generally have like just a handful of people. It's the first. Uh, first area of the state to turn in their votes, and it gets nationwide coverage. Uh, they're not going to turn that away. Yeah, no way. No, not going to happen. Uh, this uh, website designer, she was making websites for weddings, and uh, the state said, you, you can't say no to a gay marriage. And so it's gone to the Supreme Court. I listened to, to some of the audio from the Supreme Court. And, uh, you know, it it looks good, uh, I would argue, for her, based on what I heard. Though you can never really tell for sure uh, how this is going to turn out. But it, it, it seemed like it was leaning in her direction. Yes, this Washington Post even says the Supreme Court seems to decide with web designer opposed to gay marriage after the two-hour hearing yesterday because she is, like, an artist. And that's what they, the Masterpiece case decision was very narrowly decided. And just based on, like, the fact that he's artistic in the cake icing production, that he prevailed on that, but it didn't apply to a whole lot of people because it was so narrowly drawn. So this would look to expand that to say, look, people who they're making speak basically and say things that are against their beliefs, that's not constitutional. So that would apply to this website uh, designer, even though she 
actually hasn't been asked to uh, do a website for a gay couple yet. Uh, she nonetheless lost twice in court. They said, no, you have to be, you can't say on your website, I won't do gay marriages. You have to do serve everyone. And she, so, she, by the way, let me just interject. She will, by the way, build websites for people if they're gay. Uh, that's not the objection. It's weddings uh, that she objects to. Um, so I, I probably would have erroneously gone after freedom of, you know, my religion. This, this violates my religious belief. And I wish somebody would. Uh, the, the problem is the civil rights legislation from the 60s was poorly crafted. It was a bad idea. And you now, and, and you heard this from Sotomayor, I think it was Sotomayor, who said, well, you know, uh, what about, uh, you know, uh, minorities, uh, you know. Yeah, you're like basically saying you're going to give people limited menu like you, like black people used to get a limited menu because they had to go to a side window to get food from a restaurant. They couldn't go in the front. And so that's what you're trying to do here. But they had all kinds of analogies and uh, hypotheticals that they were discussing during this sometimes testy two-hour argument yesterday. But I agree, Gary. Like, it's not really totally consistent with the First Amendment and other, you know, freedom of association and other things. Uh, those laws that, you know... I agree with the results. Like it was not right that people were being discriminated against and like couldn't, you had to have like they had special maps uh, that African-Americans would give each other of how to go through the South, like which places will actually serve you or let you rent a hotel room. I mean, that was just despicable and disgusting, but you know, I don't that know that it was worked. super constitutional to force business owners to interact with people they didn't want to interact with, even though, you know, I agree that no one should be, you know, prejudiced against them like that. that well, yeah, really the marketplace wrong, punishes ethically. The marketplace punishes people for their bias or rewards them for their bias. Uh, one way or the other, they get to decide. The marketplace gets to decide uh, what the outcome is. Uh, and it, it, the whole problem with this civil rights legislation is that instead of just affecting biz, uh, government, it affected private business. And once that foot was in the door, once that, you know, nose of the uh, camel was in the tent, yep. there's no stopping the expansion here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a problem. Hang on, because we're going to come back, and uh, we've, we've got a couple more stories here. One from the Daily Mail about a principal. This is the Gary Nolan Show.